Thank you for joining Sumter Chapel's weekly podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and speaks life to your spirit. As always, we pray that this podcast will further God's kingdom by seeing one more made new. Now, let's get started with today's message. So, hopefully you got to discuss some wrongs in the world that need to be made right. I have no, I have no doubt that enough issues were addressed in your time of discussion around your table that there, there's a laundry list of things, right? There's a laundry list of things that we could talk about that are wrongs in this world that need to be made right. Things that we can identify that are wrong with this world. And we know that this isn't just people of faith, Christians, that can identify these things as wrongs that need to be made right. Pretty much anyone in the world can identify that something's wrong with the world that there are things wrong with the world and that those things need to be made right. And, and so it's not a new thing by any means. But the difference is, the thing is, is that even if we address these practical issues that are wrong and make them right, even if we address these issues that are earthly and temporary, there's a deeper issue at stake. There's there's a deeper fight that needs to happen. There's something internally that must change in people for the external realities to change, but there's something internally, there's, some, there's an internal battle at, at stake here for the souls of people, for our souls and the souls of humanity that have eternal ramifications. There, there's an eternal, eternal justice issue that we should be fighting for. And most of the time you hear about it in churches, salvation or redemption, that we need to be saved, rescued, redeemed, brought out of control from the slavery of sin in our life, from the sin that exists in this world. That we must be freed from that and brought out of its control. That as much as we would love to correct the, the practical justice issues, the social justice issues, poverty and hunger, clean water, all of these things are important, and we should fight for them. And it's funny, because as much as the world loves to hate on the church, the, the Christianity and the church is usually leading the way on most of these fights. And so these are important things to fight for. We should fight for them. But if we're not fighting for the deeper issue of eternal justice in the midst of fighting for those things, if we're not dealing with the souls of people and the eternities of people and fighting for justice for them in that realm, then ultimately we don't accomplish all of what God intends. He, he didn't send Jesus just for earthly, social justice, temporary solutions. He sent Jesus because of the eternal justice issue of our souls and our need for a Savior. Our sin, our mess, our rebellion, our separation from God, this is why Jesus entered the picture. It's because you're made for eternal justice. 
the series that you're made for, you're made for, the first week we looked at you're made for a deep connection with God and with others. Last week during the fall festival we talked briefly about that you're made for diverse unity. We're made as a people of God to be a diverse, unified expression of his people. And this morning we're looking at you're made for eternal justice, salvation, a right relationship with God. That's what you're made for. That's what he wants to do in your life. And this is why Jesus came. But we've been reading along in the Gospel of John, and this week we were reading John 18 and 19. And in John 18 and 19 are the complete story of Jesus' arrest and trial and crucifixion and death and burial. That's the story of the reality of why Jesus came, ultimately, was to accomplish eternal justice for humanity the ability for humanity to finally be in a right relationship with God and have an eternity in that right relationship with God. It's a justice issue. It's an eternal justice issue, and Jesus came to fight for it. And so Jesus gets arrested, wrongly arrested, and a sham trial is put on where he's basically forced through a system even though he wasn't guilty of the crime that then he got punished for and, and was punished to the extreme in a way he shouldn't have been, they, the Jewish leaders forced the, the one who was coming to save him by his own people, got forced through this system where then he would be crucified. See, the Jewish leaders were expecting another Moses, basically. Right? Moses, God sent to free his people from slavery in Egypt, from this oppressive slavery. And now they were being oppressed again in a different way by the Romans, more of an economic oppression. And they were wanting a practical Messiah in the sense of freeing them from the Romans. But Jesus came for a deeper reason, for a deeper issue for their souls, not just for their freedom from the Romans. Because ultimately, if you'd freed them from the Romans, they still would have been enslaved to their sin. We see this in the Old Testament as we read about the people of God, that even though God frees them from slavery to the Egyptians, they end up still displaying for the world a slavery to sin. The same thing the world is experiencing. They just display the same thing. And evil begins to pop itself up in God's people. Instead of being freed from slavery in order to be a display for the world, what it looks like to be a nation that is right with God, that lives in right relationship with one another and with God, they ended up just displaying back to the world the same thing the world already knew, the same sin. And so Jesus came to correct that. He came to fight for that. He came to accomplish eternal justice for humanity, to overcome sin, to overcome the evil one, to free us from that so that we could be in a right relationship with God, so that we could be saved from that. And they didn't get that, and so they get him arrested, force him to a trial. He ends up getting crucified. If you haven't ever read the story, read it. It's brutal. They've made movies about it, so you can watch it, but it's a brutal thing to be crucified, to have to carry your own cross, to have to be nailed to that cross and hung there, so that eventually you would die because you couldn't even breathe while hanging there. 
this brutality of crucifixion that then Jesus would experience and take upon himself for the sake of humanity. He would take upon the punishment that humanity deserved so that we could then be made right with God. This is what he says in the midst of that. I'm going to read one verse this morning that is Jesus' response in the midst of all of this. He's talking with Pilate, and Pilate understands, hey, if you are who you say you are, you have enough power to change the circumstances. You could, you could overthrow everything going on to you right now, because if you are who you say you are, you could do that. Why aren't you? Why aren't you? And this is Jesus' response. In verse 36, chapter 18, Jesus answered, My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. Let's pray. Father, this morning impress upon us this reality that your kingdom is not of this world. That the fight that you came to, to wage war against was sin and evil an eternal justice fight. And that then you're asking us to participate in as we respond to that in our own lives, then we go to fight on behalf of others for the same reason, for their souls. So we pray that you would teach us this truth and press it upon us, form us into the image of your son Jesus more and more, that others might come to know you. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. See, in death... In death, people know that there's something wrong with the world. It's, it's funny. You know, the, the time that most people are actually willing to be honest and have honest conversations and honest struggles with eternity and their soul, potentially, is around death. It's around a funeral. You lose a loved one. Because in death, even the, the person who denies God who wants to be furthest from God out of anyone, they can recognize it's wrong, that death is wrong, that there's something wrong about death. And we know, as we read the scriptures, death is the result of sin, that death is the result of evil in this world, that it is wrong, and that the only way that it could fully be overcome, that the results of sin and the evil of death could fully be overcome was by God himself coming as Jesus to die and then conquer that death and resurrection. What comes up next in the story. But in the midst of that trial, in the midst of that sham of a trial, in the midst of, of him being forced through this arrest, even though he didn't deserve it, he didn't, he didn't do what he was being accused of, all those things. He has this interaction with Pilate where he's like, you could, you could change all of this. Again, so social justice issue, right? You could change all of this. If you are who you say you are, you could get yourself out of this trial, you could overthrow our government, all this kind of thing. That was true. Jesus could have done that and been of a lot of earthly good, but, but not ultimately of a lot of heavenly good, of eternal good, because that was his goal. This is where he says, my kingdom is not of this world. His kingdom is not of this world. While it will have ramifications for this world, it will help transform this world. The trajectory of his kingdom is eternity, not here. 
And so it will change this world, but change this world on the way to eternity. Jesus actually displays in this moment the ultimate display, the ultimate signs of strength and of love and of justice. He displays for all of humanity the ultimate display of strength, that he is in the position of power, and yet he doesn't use it. That he is in the position of true love, by willingly laying down his life, the only one that could have willingly done it, that had the control over the situation to change it, but didn't. And then of justice, a display of justice, that he was here to fight for the real justice issue in humanity, the issue of our souls, the issue of evil and of sin and how it controls our souls and who we are internally. This is an internal fight and an internal issue. If we're not changed internally, then we just perpetuate the evil externally. We do. We do. Maybe you've never admitted that before. Maybe you've never been honest with yourself before about the sin in your own life, the evil that pops up in your own life, and how you end up perpetuating that out in the world. But it's true. That's what sin does. That's what evil does. We end up perpetuating the brokenness. The division, the divisiveness, the hatred, the, the, the lust, the, the greed, the evils of this world that we can all name that perpetuates evil in the lives of others, that hurts other people and, and continues the brokenness. That's what Jesus came to fight for. An eternal justice issue. That, because you were made for eternal justice. For salvation. For the salvation of your soul to be freed from this sin. To, that he would, might even have the power through his spirit that he'll place in you to overcome sin in your life. That's what you were made for. And so that's what he came to fight for. I, I, I've experienced this in my own life. There's a, a two year or so period as a young adult, where I experienced this, this reality coming to play in my own life. That as I was struggling with this offer of a relationship with God, this offer of salvation from Jesus, that it was more than just some sort of you know, fire insurance or getting into heaven one day or whatever that gets sold sometimes, but that it was salvation for now, eternal justice for now. And I was struggling with this, Jesus, can you... Is that what you really want to do? Can you really change me? Change the sin and the evil in my life that I perpetuate? It became a reality for me. You know, as a young adult, I, I had multiple people in a, in a couple year span, multiple people come to me that I considered like best friends, close friends, and they would come to me and basically we stopped being friends, and, and this is what they would basically say in a psalm, you're a really bad friend. And that would be it. That was hard to hear. It was hard to, to deal with that reality in my life. That I was a really bad friend. I was a really bad friend to people that I, I did actually genuinely care about. 
but allowed sin and evil and brokenness to ultimately still reign and display itself in my life and cost me friendships. See, if you met me then and then met me now, there's parts of me especially that you would, you, I mean, I'm not the same person. One easy thing to point to is sarcasm. I was so sarcastic. I was really good at it in a bad way. You know, sarcasm it hurts people for the purpose of trying to be funny, make a joke, get attention, whatever. I was really good at it. And I was very sarcastic, and I hurt people. And God had to confront me on this. And I had to be changed on it. And I walled the broken, changed on it. I was, because, because I saw the brokenness that it caused, and God came through and changed me. It was not something I did. I didn't muster up enough strength to stop being sarcastic. I didn't do this. God began a process of working on me to identify it and then overcome it. I didn't do it on my own. Left to myself, I would still be that same person. And I would still be sarcastic and hurt people. But God fought for me an eternal justice issue of sin controlling me. That was what was at stake. My soul was at stake. Who I was at the core of who my being my soul, my right relationship with God was at stake and my relationships with others, which are the results of that, were at stake. It's an eternal justice issue. We can, we can fight for social justice issues, but the eternal justice issue is what, what's really at stake. At the core of what we're fighting for are people's souls, their right relationship with God. And, and so that's what Jesus came to accomplish. You, for you, for your soul, for your relationship with God, and, and for everyone else around you. And he's asking you to join him in this, to join him in this eternal justice fight, the fight for people's souls. And so this morning, there's, there's two ways I'm going to encourage you to respond. Two ways I'm going to encourage you to respond to this message, to this scripture, to this truth. We're going to stand and sing. And of course, stand, sing, respond to God's presence how you, how you feel led. Allow God to use you and respond to his presence. But there are two specific ways I, I challenge you and encourage you to respond. The first one is for you. That, that, you, would, that you would respond to Jesus' fight for your soul, for the eternal justice for your soul, for salvation for your soul, for a right relationship with God. In a right relationship with God doesn't mean perfection. It doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. It means you're on the path of becoming more like Jesus, of him overcoming sin on this path, but you, don't, you aren't made perfect overnight. But it's the right rhythms of, of a relationship with God. It means that then when something does happen that's wrong, you handle it. You address it. God identifies it in your life. You confess it. You go make a right, you, you, you go repair a relationship if needed. You, you take ownership and you allow God to make that wrong right. You're on this path where he's, you're in a right relationship with him as you do these things. And so maybe you're responding to this for the first time. Maybe you've never responded to the offer of salvation in your life that your soul needs to be rescued and freed from sin. 
that Jesus needs to come in and rescue you, save you, fight for justice in your life. And so you need to come and respond. The altar is open. You can kneel at the altar. You can come and pray. You can bring someone else to pray. You can pray with someone. You can pray by yourself. The altar will be open and come and just lay yourself before God and, and offer yourself before God and, and, and repair that relationship with God if necessary. Allow Jesus to bring you into a right relationship with God. And, and the altar table will be open as well. There'll be someone there to serve you communion if you'd like to respond by taking communion, by taking the bread and dipping it in, in the juice and eating it and being reminded of Jesus' very own death, his crucifixion, the, the brokenness of his body and the shedding of his blood on your behalf on our behalf, to make wrongs right eternally. You need to be reminded of that. Come and take communion. If, if you want to participate by w running your hands through the bowl of water, this remembrance of your baptism, being reminded of your adoption into God's people, that you are a son or a daughter of God, that he has adopted you into his family, come and do that as well. And then the second response is that not only responding for yourself, that you would respond for others. That you would begin to fight for this eternal justice issue in the lives of others. Fight for the souls of others. Salvation for those in your life. So this is what I would encourage you to do. Take a business card. Take a business card that we have. That these business cards are meant to be used for you. They're meant for you to, to use them for the purpose of seeking out others. And so the business card has our information on the front. You can use, yes, as an invitation, but on the back, it actually has a way that you can, you can talk about the gospel. But this is what I'd have you do with that business card this morning. Is, and some of you have done this before if you've been with us up until this point, but do it again. List out three names. I've done this. This is something I do. To have this before me, in front of me, that I see it consistently. You list out three names, the names of three people. Put three people on there that you're going to be actively praying for and fighting for their souls. That, that you know that they need a relationship with God, that they need salvation of Jesus in their life, that they need to be freed from the evil of this world and the sin of this world. That you know it. You're not being judgmental of them. It's no different than what you needed. But you know they need it. And you're going to pray for them. So you're going to write their name down and keep that before you. Put it somewhere where you'll see it. And then also allow that to be a, an encouragement, a challenge to then even change your conversations with them and your interactions with them. Now you begin to have conversations with them about their, about their souls, about who they are at the core of who they are and about their struggle against sin and evil in their life and about how they need a Savior to overcome those things. That they need this right relationship with God so that they can become who they were meant to become, that they were made for this experience of eternal justice being worked out in their life, the overcoming of sin, the being made right with God, and that your conversations would begin to go that way, that how you treat them would begin to go that way, begin to pray for them and offer them before God. And if you want to add a step to that, come to the prayer wall, write their name out on one of the cards there and fold it up and stick it in the prayer wall. No one will ever see those cards. Remember, I mean, those, those cards will disappear. They'll get burned. 
up. And so offer them before God. Just offer them. as a, Just fight for their souls. Fight for eternal justice in their life. They were made for it. Just as you were made for this eternal justice, this experience of salvation, this being made right with God so that your external life could be made right, that your internal, who you are on the inside, could be made right, that your soul could be made right, that you could be made whole, and that your soul could be saved, that, that the external things would be made right, but that ultimately that the eternal issues of your soul, the eternal justice issue of your soul would be made right. Just as you were meant for that, so are they. So are these people that you're going to be praying for. So you respond. Respond to God's word this morning. Don't just hear it. Don't just uh, think about it, but respond in a very practical way. How, how do you need to respond to a right relationship with God and how do you need to fight for those right relationships for others? You were made for eternal justice and we were made to fight for it alongside Jesus as he ushers in a kingdom that is not of this world, that's an eternal kingdom that has the long view in mind. That's what's at stake. The long view. We're meant to fight for this alongside of him, for his kingdom being established here on earth so that people might be saved now. And so sin and evil might be overcome now in their lives and in our lives.